This podcast has been made possible by Planful and U.S. Bank. Hi, this is Tony Trippany, CFO of Corning Incorporated, and you are listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode 480. Hi, it's Jack Sweeney. On today's show, we speak to Mark Patrick, CFO of Syngenta of Switzerland. Syngenta, the agribusiness company. Way back when, in 2000 actually, Syngenta was formed by the merger of Novartis Agribusiness and Zeneca Agrochemicals. At the time, Mark Patrick was with the Zeneca piece of the business. We asked Mark about his ascension into the CFO office and learn how his finance team is today working to push metrics down into the organization. The goal? To have every level of employee be able to measure the value they bring forth inside the organization. Our discussion with Mark begins after these words from our sponsor. In an ever-changing world, it can be tough to keep up with the latest FP&A trends and innovations that keep you ahead of the game. Luckily, there's a podcast for that. Tune in to Being Planful, the podcast for finance leaders and planning experts, and stay in the know about what's happening in planning and forecasting. Guests like influencer Chris Ortega, Boston Red Sox CFO Tim Zhu and Brian Lapidus of AFP will keep you up to speed on how you can put finance in the driver's seat this year. Find the full episodes at beingplanful.com or wherever you get your podcasts. P.S. Think you might make a great guest on the show? Shoot host Rowan Tonkin an email at beingplanful.com at planful.com. Hello, we're speaking with Mark Patrick, CFO of Syngenta, an agriculture technology company working to transform how crops are grown around the world. Mark, welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Jack. So this is a, a, an interesting company, and we look forward to uh, hearing uh, about its mission and about its offerings today. But first, Mark, as always, we ask our guests to look back for us 
and tell us a little bit about themselves and how they acquired the skills and experience that allowed them uh, to uh, become a, a finance leader. What would you share with us, Mark? Well, I'm one of these few people who's, who's only worked for one organization. Um, so I go back 25 years. I, I started in, in 1993 at a time when um, the, I was actually recruited by a company called ICI. Um, by the time I actually joined the company, it was uh, renamed itself to Zeneca, which then became AstraZeneca, the pharmaceutical company, uh, and then Syngenta uh, in 2000-2001. So I've always worked in finance. Um, I always knew I had a passion for numbers and for finance. And through the 25 years that I've worked for the company, I've had a, a great opportunity to explore many different areas uh, of finance, um, whether that's the, the statutory requirements or whether that's really driving and supporting the business. And I've been fortunate that in that time, you know, having being English and starting my career in the UK, I actually then spent a couple of years uh, as CFO in Thailand, um, a couple of years in, in Hong Kong, which is where our regional office was located, then moved to headquarters in Switzerland, um, and then spent uh, a wee bit of time here in the United States as well um, before returning to Switzerland um, about a decade ago. So you know, in those 25 years, I've had many different roles within the organization and been lucky to experience many different cultures um, and different parts of, uh, of the world. Um, that's been a, a, a huge roller coaster in some respects, but also um, a huge learning opportunity that I've found um, both rewarding and yeah, exciting, and, and hence why I'm still here after 25 years. Mark, did you did you study uh, did you study business or, or accounting or how did you uh, what was your educational background? Well, uh, my undergraduate was actually in quantity surveying, which is effectively construction. Um, but having done a, a year in industry, realised that maybe that wasn't quite for me uh, in the context of really utilising my skills. So I went back and did a, a postgraduate in economics, and I think that's where I really got a sense of. You know, how finance can play a critical role in any organization, and that then took me down the path of, of training to be uh, a qualified accountant, which I, I did with the company, but it started back um, you know, at university and then as a, as a postgrad. I, I'm curious over that time how Syngenta uh, had grown and, and what its business was when you first joined it and what it is today, uh, but maybe I should just begin by asking you, Tell us about this company and its offerings. And I know that's a big question for this company. Fill us in. Well, I mean, what Syngenta aspires to do is, is make farmers around the world, whether they're a, a huge farm like they have it here in the United States, uh, tens of thousands of hectares of corn or soybeans, to very small holders. And these can be you know, half a hectare of rice farmer in China that how do we make these farmers around the world, whether big or small, actually maximize the returns that they get from their, their piece of land? And that's through bringing both uh, seed and crop protection chemical technology to them to, to facilitate that and ensure that you know, they are um, making that return on investment that they aspire to. Uh, this industry is, is, is interesting in the sense that it's one of the most highly regulated in, on the planet. 
um, in some respects even more so than pharmaceuticals because we have the human aspect but also the environmental aspect. So our innovation timelines are you know, very long, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years of taking something from the lab through to us being able to provide those growers with new innovation and technology that helps him or her um, in maximizing that return. So, yeah, we have to work extensively with regulators. We have to work uh, extensively with farmers and other stakeholders to ensure that yeah, the, the 1.3 billion we spend on, on R&D every year is something that the farmer wants tomorrow. Um, and that's a, a highly complex environment given multiple crops, uh, multiple geographies, and Mother Nature has a wonderful way of staying one step ahead of all of us, and those two years are the same. So a uh, very complex industry, um, highly innovative, but ultimately you know, trying to meet one of the biggest challenges we have on the planet, which is a, a growing population um, with less and less land. Now, I, I'm, I'm curious where, what door of entry <laughs> you, you entered uh, when you joined Syngenta, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was um, it, perhaps in an entirely, not necessarily the finance department. Um, as is the case with many um, finance leaders who, whose career was really, um, you came up through the ranks of a single company. My sense is, is sort of as you just described, there's really enormous regulatory uh, challenges that a company like this faces. How would you ever bring in a finance leader from another industry? There's so much here that there needs to be a, a, a deeper understanding, I would think. So I want to know, what was your door of entry? Or, um, I, I want to know what your first title was in this company and how you rose through the ranks. But I'm not, I'm not understanding your career path. Okay, so my first job was uh, assistant, uh, assistant financial management accountant for West Europe. So you, you came in as an accountant. I did. Okay, yeah. okay. But I, 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 I thought perhaps you had a maybe a non-traditional role and you were able to um, discover your interest in finance along the way. But uh, already you're. Your narrative has changed in my mind. Suddenly, okay, you were focused. You arrived as a, uh, you know, as an accounting specialist. Um, is that fair to say? I wouldn't say accounting specialist. Um, the program that uh, Zeneca, as it was then, ran was you joined a, a, a finance management program. You then did a professional qualification for, like, CFA here in the United States. So I did SEMA, which is a U.K. equivalent. Um, but you join on a three-year management program with a recognition that you probably will want to pursue a career in finance. Um, and you have three rotations in that first three years. So my first one was, as I say, management accounting, running and working with the business. The second year was um, a financial reporting, um, so very technical uh, accounting role for one of our big uh, UK units. Uh, and then the third one was around group consolidation um, to bring all of the disparate components of the company together into the monthly financials that management would then use. So during those first three years on three rotations, I also then did the, the management accounting qualification, as I say, similar to the CFA. At the end of that, you either progress or you don't progress. Um, 
I really actually enjoyed and uh, wanted to continue to pursue for the rest of my career. When did you become get educated about all the compliance and the regulatory piece of this? And I imagine it was all along the way, but do you remember one particular instance where you were sort of on the front lines of helping manage a, a new you know, regulatory dictum that had been handed down that you had to uh, help the business sort out? Yeah, my first job at the end of the three-year sort of training period was as a finance manager for Central Europe, so that's Hungary, Poland, and the Czech Republic. Now, this was the time when um, they were still under communist regime, and they were just opening up for more Western-type uh, investments and all the rest of it and establishment of what I would term more Western uh, approaches um, of running businesses. So yeah, part of my job was to actually establish in those markets um, all of the fiscal and regulatory compliance requirements that both met the internal you know, policies and procedures, but also, uh, importantly, met all of the external pieces. Um, and many of them were not nearly as mature as what I had experienced, obviously, in the UK, uh, where I'm from. So you know, working with local providers, whether that was banks, uh, lawyers, um, accountancy practices, to ensure that what we put in place was was fit for purpose. So that was a that was a huge learning opportunity to, to reinforce the whole need around um, the compliance and fiscal requirements of, of running a big multinational company. This being as a sizable a company as it is. As you compare it to other companies, is this finance function, is the finance function that you oversee and manage today, does it resemble much the same as other industries, or are there some distinct differences? Um, I, I think they're very similar. Um, I, uh, the only caveat I'd say to that is I think many CFOs in my position are now exploring, you know, how does the finance function of tomorrow differ from how we grew up, if you see what I mean. Um, I, and I think there are big transitions and transformations that finance functions are currently going through. Um, some of us are, are further down the journey than others, um, which may you know, sort of differentiate one from the other. But we've all been brought up in a similar guise. It's, it's now about how which path we morphed into. That journey, what are the milestones so far for this company? Um, I think uh, one of the key milestones is embracing the digital revolution that we're seeing. So how do you use robotics and artificial intelligence to do some of those uh, more transactional activities, repetitive things that can just be done faster, better, smarter um, in other ways. And hence, focusing more really around the value creation and supporting the business, yeah, whether that's through predictive analytics, um, etc. to bring better insight from the wealth of data that we have. So, you know, those are two of the big um, focus areas for, for, for my organization and, and certainly um, others, uh, I'm sure, are the same. Have you begun to look at new measures of the business, new metrics? Are you looking at this business much the same way as your predecessors did, the other finance leaders before you? Or are there... Uh, is the metric mix different? 
I think many of them are, are very similar. You know, obviously, you know, what still makes the world go round is EBITDA multiples, free cash flow, cash conversion, um, net debt to EBITDA. You know, all of those metrics that obviously investors, uh, rating agencies want to look at are, are exactly the same. So, you know, we still have to keep those very much on our optics. I think internally, you know, there is a, a greater appreciation of, of the different levers that um, can be pulled to to create value, uh, sustainable value um, going forward. And there is an education around CFROI, so cash flow return on investment, um, and other you know, key, key metrics that uh, we're now starting to look at in more detail. Are there other new measures uh, as far as the customer experience is concerned, or maybe uh, hiring and talent is concerned? Are there non-financial metrics that you're perhaps paying more close attention to yeah. than prior uh, finance leaders? So, certainly. I mean, uh, I think the whole diversity and inclusion is a much wider area that every organization, certainly Syngenta, you know, looks at key metrics on a, on a quarterly basis. So that's absolutely there. And secondly, around sustainability, um, and obviously an industry like ours, you know, sustainability is a key piece. So there are many more metrics beyond what I would term the traditional financial ones that we as an executive team you know, review on a monthly, quarterly, you know, annual basis, depending on the, the frequency of cycle. What, what metrics inside your uh, sustainability initiatives and effort are you paying attention to? What are those? What are the, the metrics that matter when it comes to sustainability? So, for example, um, safe use of pesticides and training of um, smallholders to you know, use synthetic chemistry in a safe way. You know, um, bringing degraded uh, land um, back into into practice. Um, you know, how much water is consumed by uh, by farmers? So. You know, these are just three examples of metrics that are embedded within Syngenta's good growth plan that really you know, target um, ensuring that we're doing the right thing from a sustainability standpoint. As your sustainability efforts have matured, have you moved to new metrics? I'm curious when the focus on sustainability first you know, grew, began to, to flower, you were looking more closely at ways to measure it that are different from today, or no? Would you tell me it's basically the same way of looking at the effort um, and its results? No, we are we are actually right as we speak in the process of refreshing um, sustainability metrics. I can't talk about them yet because we haven't launched them, but I would anticipate over the course of the next uh, three to six months that we will be externally articulating you know, refresh metrics that we believe, having listened to many stakeholders over the last three to six months, are going to become increasingly important on top of the ones that we've been running for the last three or four years. Um, so that is in the process of getting, you know, refreshed and updated as we speak. Well, that's, that's a really interesting part of finance. And without understanding, uh, being specific to the metric, I'm curious, was there a a, a team, or was there a few champions within the company who you identified and said, "We have to get our, you know, our arms around this. How are we going to correctly measure this?" What, can, can you give us some detail behind 
how you were you put that in motion? Well, I, I think our, we have a chief sustainability officer. Um, her responsibility was to obviously work with the executive team to establish with external stakeholders what are the right areas to be focusing on. And then obviously, you know, it's all good and well establishing a metric, but if you can't measure and monitor it, then it's of no value in any shape or form. So you know, she and her team have then been working with the broader organization, including us in finance, to say, yes, this is something that we can do. Um, this is where we may need third-party support to, to give us credibility to the metric. Um, you know, and, and how we go about ensuring that year after year we can do that. So we have a sort of cross-functional team that is established to, to bring that to life in a way that you know you and I would understand as, as just you know general public out there um, and how it translates into what we're trying to achieve. When it comes to cross-functional teams such as that one, do you believe finance? Could you characterize the role finance plays? You're not just a, one of the collaborators. Are you? Not at all. Are you the glue? Are you the the, the fuel? Are you the how, how? You know, is there a metaphor? Maybe you can yeah. help us understand. I mean, that. I tend to use that. You know, we're like the octopus. We have the, the tentacles that go into every part of the organization, and it all comes back to to finances at the end of the day. Yeah, we have to have an element of independence. And a challenger role within those cross-functional teams to ensure we're doing things that are utilizing the scarce resources in the best possible way for the company, number one. Uh, number two, ensuring that you know we're not doing anything um, from a statutory governance perspective that's in breach of, of what we should be doing. Um, but it's about partnering with these guys. We don't want to be, sometimes we used to be called the policeman of an organization. I don't like to see us um, with that, that title because we're much more than that. Um, we're actually the custodians of value and it's about how do we work with those cross, within those cross-functional teams to, to ensure that you know, we're, we're moving down the right path and investing in the things that are going to give us the greatest chance of success tomorrow. Um, but it has to be a, a relationship built, built on, on trust. I'm trying to understand as I speak to finance leaders how certain metrics or numbers are made visible across an organization and, and the role finance plays to do that. So that's what part of my, my line of questioning here is why I'm sort of stuck on this notion, uh, which I think is kind of exciting in the sus sustainability area, how you are sort of birthing a new metric. And, and I say you, but I know it's an organization, cross-functional effort, um, beginning with the sustainability people. Uh, but at the same time, uh, finance sort of is saying, you know, this number, is, this measure is kind of hard for the, the organization at large to understand and interpret. However, this number is something that could be made visible more broadly and would help educate people and help them make the right decisions as we go forward. Uh, what I just described, is that, do you see that as a conversation you have with people or not really? Yes, it is. Um, we actually have a, a financial KPI tree that takes very complex metrics like CFROI and breaks it down into very, very simple levers. It doesn't matter where you sit in the company. You can say, okay, I can pull that lever and that will then 
when you work it all the way through the tree, that will have a benefit to this metric that's ultimately important to the company overall. So it's taking some of these very complex things down into what I would term pretty simple stuff um, to ensure that it doesn't matter, say, what level you are or what part of the organization you're in, you can see the benefit you're bringing to the company and it's something that's specific to, to you that you can action on. Um, so that's, we do a lot of work in that space to try and bring it to life into very simple terms that um, every part of the organization understands how they're contributing to the success. When you think of, uh, and you might not think of it in these terms, but I would, I would suggest that your influence inside this organization, what you just described, your ability to create an optimal environment for the tree and for, for what you just described, you have the opportunity to be, finance has the opportunity to be very uh, influential uh, by making numbers visible. You wouldn't disagree with that statement. I'm not overstating it, or do I need to clarify? Not that? at all. And to the point, actually, that my finance function, I have more people who are really established and sitting at the same table as the business leaders at a country, region, global level, R&D, manufacturing, commercial, who you know, their role is to bring it to life. So when they're having a conversation about you know, price volume, uh, on customer segment A, they can sort of, you know, walk people through. So if you do that with that lever, this is what it's going to mean from a you know, revenue and a profit perspective. So I have the lion's share of my function is uh, absolutely established at the at the, uh, the the table of the business and, and working through with each of the respective leadership teams. Well, wonderful. Thank you for allowing me to to. Uh ask you a few more questions there to broadly un understand uh, the role of finance there. It's, um, we like to ask for a, 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 this is sort of our signature question, we ask for a finance strategic moment. And I'm sure you've had plenty of these along the way over the years, but it's a, a place in time where through your lines of sight into the organization, you, you identified maybe a risk or maybe it was an opportunity and it led you to uh, either uh, refocus a department, a team, the organization at, at large, who knows. Uh, but does, when I ask for a finance strategic moment, does anything come to mind for you? Absolutely. So our industry is, is very much farming. Um, we operate more than 50% of our businesses in emerging markets. In emerging markets, risk profiles are much higher. So we, we had a situation uh, about 15 years ago in, in Brazil where we had large account receivables outstanding. Farmers were struggling to pay us given some of the pressures they were having um, from a macro perspective. So we established um, a, a number of financial solutions. Um, it was around barter and uh, as a way to reduce the risk that um, the receivables would have on Syngenta. We established these financial solutions um, and these barters that actually very quickly became a source of not just risk mitigation, but also huge competitive advantage in increasing our market share in, uh, in the Brazilian ag market. So, you know, it went from being, here's a problem that we need to find a risk, uh, a solution to, to that risk, to actually a source of massive competitive advantage and 
driving huge value for the organization over the next three to four years now become the staple of the industry. Interesting. And uh, those relationships are, are intact today, the same, same type of arrangements? Absolutely. They've evolved and morphed into something more mature and sophisticated, but fundamentally they are absolutely the core of how we operate uh, our Brazilian business today. Are there other parts of the world that you were able to take a similar approach, or is it, uh, was it time and place and, and, and culture? No, we're doing the same in, in parts of the CIS, uh, so Russia and Ukraine. Um, and we're looking to expand that into parts of Asia today where the, the customer base is, is slightly different because there's many more smallholders rather than the big agro holdings that you see in, in Latin America and in Eastern Europe. But, uh, you know, we're still now evolving this into new financial solutions in, um, in parts of the Asian market today. Don't go anywhere. We'll be entering the mentoring round with CFO Mark Patrick of Syngenta after these words. The business landscape is changing quickly. As the pressure to manage expenses efficiently and strategically increases, you need solutions that not only help drive down costs and improve efficiencies, but meet the changing needs of your business. At U.S. Bank, we can help. We'll work with you to uncover your specific payment challenges and bring you proactive and innovative solutions and strategies that help you meet the financial goals of your organization. Our commitment to doing the right thing for our customers has earned us the designation of one of the world's most ethical companies from the Ethisphere Institute for six years in a row. To learn more, visit us at usbpayment.com. Working our way along here, we're up to the mentoring round where I get to ask you several quick questions intended to inspire and mentor future finance leaders. What's one thing that's exciting you today about finance and business? This fourth industrial revolution that uh, we're on at the moment with the, the advent of digital technologies that are changing the way traditional corporates um, operate. You know, many corporates have you know, the traditional matrix. Uh, digital technologies don't lend themselves to those traditional structures. They cut across everything. And, and how do you change the way you operate in your overall corporate structure to embrace te digital technologies to enhance uh, what you do internally, but more importantly, how you then show up in front of the customer. So, yeah, for me, that's a huge, um, uh, a huge opportunity, but also a huge threat. Linked to that is uh, the second one would be um, how do you, how do you run a function that's quite traditional in the way your career progression succession is done for a population of millennials who think and behave and want very different things from their careers than some of the lifers like me uh, have grown up. To want to, how do you evolve your overall um, career management capability development to to meet the needs of uh, this, this growing part of our, our society? I want to find out how you were able to grow as a leader, and, and this question we always ask, which is, when you finally do become the, the finance leader at the company. Uh, 
what is that piece of advice you wish someone had told you? And it's, it's intended to reveal, you know, one day you were handed the, the reins of the finance function and you step into that role. There must have been something, gosh, if I only knew then. What, what is that piece of advice you wish someone had given you? Um, I wish someone had said to me, you, you can't do it all yourself. Um, and what I mean by that is the complexities of business today, there's so many different areas that are now coming into play that maybe weren't as pronounced a few years ago. How you utilize your team and how you collaborate um, outside of your, your core team is going to be critical to the success. So, you know, here it's moving very much from the reactive and, and controlling everything yourself to actually creating and releasing the, um, you know, the inherent capability that's you know, within an organization. I wish someone had said to me you know, a decade or so ago, think about how you show up, think about how you, you really catalyze um, the wider organization to bring to bear you know, a, a differing set of skills and capabilities that you yourself can't do. You'll, you'll achieve a lot more. And certainly the last few years of CFO having done this, I can see the benefits of really harnessing the wider um, team that you have. Now, we want to uh, know something uh, a little more personal about you. Is there a habit or a routine you have that you believe has contributed to your professional success over time? Oh, <laughs> that's a tricky one. I, I, get, I get to work early in the morning. I, do, I get in about 6, just after 6 a.m., um, part of that is so that I can do the stuff that I need to do before um, the majority come in. Um, but then uh, it leaves me to, to spend time now with the team, um, really helping sort of coach shape, um, you know, for the rest of the day. So that's what works for me. I know it doesn't work for some, but certainly for me that works well and it ensures I, I have sufficient time to do the stuff I need to do, but also create the time in my agenda to, to help others and, and you know, support and drive the business going forward. Is there a book you'd recommend uh, to future finance leaders? And again, it doesn't have to be necessarily about finance or business. Well, I, the um, uh, I, I, two books: one that's more business related, and one that's more personal. And um, the, the Ray Dalio's book on principles, um, life and work, uh, I found uh, very insightful um, in terms of really bringing to life. Um, what's required for success. And uh, from a more personal standpoint, um, the, Tuist, the Tatuist of uh, Auschwitz, the second book, um, which really is about um, you know, how hot hardship can drive people into uh, to doing miraculous things. Um, and I think we all have to recognize that, you know, to be successful, you, you know, you need some luck in life. Um, you need to work hard, keep your head down. Um, but, uh, you know, for those who are willing to do that, then, you know, success is there. Nice, nice choices. We haven't had those before. Our, our final question, what are your priorities as a finance leader over the next 12 months? Continue to transition my function from being what I would term a traditional controller-type function to one that really is seen as a value partner and the custodian of value creation by embracing you know, new ways of working in technology and helping to influence um, 
other business leaders to appreciate that uh, there may be technologies out there and techniques that are, are better to deliver greater value. Mark Patrick, thank you for joining us on CFO Thought Leader. Pleasure. Hello, listeners. Do us a favor. Be certain to subscribe to CFO Thought Leader on Apple Podcasts, or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify or Google Play. If you like the show, please recommend it to a friend. Oh, and by the way, the CFO Yearbook 2021 Print Edition debuts on Amazon this quarter featuring 100 profiles of finance leaders from our 2020 season. Would you like to learn more about our CFO guests? Order the CFO Yearbook 2021. Thank you for supporting our efforts to bring you career journeys of CFOs driving change. We'll be back with another episode very soon. Thank you for listening.